Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, the podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Dragon Reborn, please proceed with caution. Fade, Perrin said roughly, but then a different name came to him from the wolves. Trollocs, the twisted ones, made during the War of the Shadow from melding men and animals were bad enough, but the Murdral, never born, young bull spat, lip curling back in a snarl, he threw himself at the Murdral. It moved like a viper, sinuous and deadly, black sword quick as lightning, but he was young bull. That was what the wolves called him, young bull with horns of steel that he wielded with his hands. He was one with the wolves. He was a wolf, and any wolf would die a hundred times over to see one of the Neverborn go down. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 5 through 10 of The Dragon Reborn. Note, I have not read past chapter 10, and Will is going to do his best not to bring anything from the rest of The Dragon Reborn or the next 11 books in during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 10, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read. As always, this episode's chapter summaries from dragonmount.com. Perrin wakes the camp, but not in time to save Leia from the attacking Trollocs. He kills his first Murdral. Rand laments his uselessness during the fight. In the morning, Rand is gone. Before leaving for Tarvalin, Min tells Perrin her viewings about an Aeolman in a cage, a tinker with a sword, and a hawk and falcon. Perrin, Loyal, and Moraine follow Rand's trail towards Tyr. In Jara, Perrin meets a man who has gone completely wolf. Perrin wonders whether that will be his own fate. Moraine tells Perrin what she knows of wolves and dreams. Perrin meets Hopper in the wolf dream for the first time. Rand kills several dark hounds with balefire. Egwene, Nynaeve, Elaine, and Varen encounter white cloaks while taking Matt to Tarvalin to be healed. Egwene chases them off with the one power. This section made up for all of the stuff that didn't happen in the last one. <laughs> yeah, it did. Because so much happens. We get two different sort of three perspectives. Rand's there a little bit. But only like two paragraphs, and I didn't understand any of it, so I kind of glossed over it. Yeah, but it's a lot of parent, and then we get Egwene. We get Egwene's perspective. But, oh my god, does stuff happen? Yeah. We knew stuff was going to happen because it left off on like a an event. Right. They were getting attacked, and that happens, and then other stuff also happens. Yeah, lots happens. So, yeah, let's talk about... The stuff that happens. Let's talk about... Let's, <laughs> that let's, is the point of this podcast. That's true. That's that. Yeah, it's a podcast where we talk about things that happen in the Wheel of Time. First up... Trollocs attack. Trollocs attack and Perrin fucks up a Murdral. Yeah, not before it sort of tries to fuck him up. He does get injured. But by a Trolloc, not by the Murdral. Because he that's gets before, injured trying to help Leia. Right. And the Trolloc like slashes him across the back. And then a Murdral comes and Perrin loses his mind. <laughs> He becomes Young Bull for the first time. Yeah. And goddamn if that isn't some good shit right there. Well, is it the first time he's actually become Young Bull? Because wouldn't he... Like, it's the first time he's named himself as Young Bull. But when he kind of freaks out at the White Cloaks and kills two of them, that's sort of Young Bull as well. I guess, but he knows what he's doing here. That's like an unconscious That's true. But here he, like... I don't think he made a conscious choice to become Young Bull, but he definitely knew what 
what he was doing. Because he comments later that, like, I can't do that again. I almost lost myself. Yeah. And he, like, pretty effortlessly puts a draw down. Yeah. And in a very impressive. different way, like, we get a little bit of Lan fighting draw, Mostly Lan just fighting, which also has a pretty good quote. Yeah, it does. Lan just, you know, effortlessly moving with his sword. Yeah, it's the dancing thing again. It's... And Perrin's not dancing. No. Perrin is hunting. He does comment on Lan's dancing. And ever since I have noticed the eyes <laughs> like mountain lakes thing, I can't, I just can't help but notice every semi-crush-worthy description of Lan from Perrin's point of view now. Yup, yup. But the way he describes, or the way him hunting, killing the Murdoch is described is definitely a hunt and not a dance or a, like, it's not swordsmanship. It's he needs this thing to die, so he's going to kill it in well, the most Perrin effective way. Right, it. that's what I mean. Like, but, that's... like, his description of Lan is, is like, oh, yeah. very, like, Perrin no, has a, and Perrin I has like, a crush on Lan. I like the contrast here because everybody using a sword is either a blade master and elegant with it, mm-hmm. like effortlessly moving through things and like almost dancing with it, or is untrained and clumsy. And Perrin is now this third category where he's not a swordsman, he's using an axe. Mm-hmm. And he is, it's his teeth. Yeah, it's not, he's not clumsy. And his his description of it is also contrasted even against Moraine, who he also described using the one power and flowing effortlessly through what she's doing. Yeah. Almost like a dance as well. Yeah. And then there's Perrin just like he, methodically fucking shit up. Yeah. He, he basically says that like wolves hunt by hamstringing and then going for the throat and that's what he does to the Murdral. And like I don't think anybody was particularly around to see it happen. No, because Lan comments on it. Yeah, but just Lan. Nobody else. Because like the, the rest of the people there are Borderlanders. If he killed a, if he killed a Murdral, they would give him some extra respect. That's true. And it was they, just Lan. Yeah. And Lan's not going to say anything because that's not what he does. And also, he kind of knows, I think, where Perrin's getting it from. Yeah, I think he does. Because Moraine does. So obviously Lan does. definitely does. Because she comments about how she also healed the wolves in the aftermath. She went around and he- healing wolves because they helped. Right. And there's a moment where Perrin, like, refuses to let the Shinarans use the wolf hides. He's like, no, they fought for us. They deserve to get buried like we do. Right. And, like, the Shinarans are pretty cool with it. They're, they're like, like, yeah. They're like, oh, okay. But, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it just, like, hadn't occurred to them. But once they were like, oh, well, I didn't think about that. But, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's do the thing. Yeah. And Moraine healed the wolves, which is kind of, like, my one awe moment from, like, Moraine thought to heal the wolves. Right. I don't know if she would have done that if Perrin wasn't a wolf dude or... Probably not. But, no, I think it's kind of sweet that, like, she's like, oh, you know, this person I'm taking care of is, like, part wolf. So, like, let me heal his friends. Definitely. Definitely. There's... Oh man, that that fight is it's a good fight sequence. It is. Um I was I liked it I've liked it every time I've read it. I it, I'm surprised with how thoroughly it sticks with me every time I read it. Like the transition between Perrin and Young Bull cuz like they're almost right different characters. Yeah. is really well done cuz like it's sudden in both ways where like the he starts out as Perrin in one line and then by the end of the line he's Young Bull and then right. almost the reverse happens on the other end. And it kind of I think helps with all the other like kind of confusing Perrin stuff too it helps bring it into focus because it's not just Perrin in there it's Perrin and Young Bull and, and they're think, fighting and I think after this section where he actually lets himself become Young Bull his narration becomes more coherent yeah I think that's that's definitely true it, it becomes about escaping the wolves instead of avoiding them right like he wants his goal now is almost to like get to a city where there aren't wolves right he does say that he's like I want to go to a city right that's not a good problem 
probably work out so well for him. No. But, you know, he can have a little city as a treat. <laughs> he can have a little gay desire for land as a treat. <laughs> we all can. It's a treat for him. Everyone gets a little desire for land. Yeah. So they fight. Rand is nowhere to be seen in the fight. And we learn later that he was just kind of in the forest accidentally setting fire to some trees. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of useless. Right. And he like he's upset about it. He's like, I don't know why I was useless. Right. I, he's like, I'm the dragon reborn. I can channel. But I reached out and I tried to grab it. And all I could do was ignite a couple of trees. Yeah. And the next morning, he leaves. He, he Loyal saw him before he left and asked. Uh, Rand asked for like a piece of paper to write a note down on to everybody. Loyal's just like, okay. this is not weird. Yeah. Uh, and then he left through a very conveniently like single person sized hole in a ridge that he created earlier with his earthquake. <laughs> main character shit right there. <laughs> yeah. He's got main character disease. Yeah. So the rest of the Shinarans kind of split off and just kind of go, well, the Udo is like, I am going to go with you guys. That's because they're obviously going to go after Rand. And Uno wants to go with Moraine and Land to go after Rand. And she's like, no, no you have to take all of your injured people who can't follow to wherever. Jahannan, or I don't know if I spelled that right, because my H's and my N's look the same. Mm. So. Jahanna, I think the name. I don't actually remember where. I, it, somewhere. Yeah, it's on the map somewhere. I don't actually remember. Um, also, side note, I love Uno trying to control his foul mouth around Moraine. Oh, man. <laughs> it is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, later, like, right after that, he goes off to a bunch of Shinarans, and Perrin comments on the excessive stream of cursing. <laughs> he's just, like, he just, like, starts with it. He's like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, milady. And just, like, <laughs> as if she cares. I mean, she might care a little bit. Moraine cares about being proper. I mean, it's not, like, the most important thing, but she cares about being proper. She cares about people being proper to her. That's fair. <laughs> That's why she and Rand, and now Perrin get in so much shit. Yeah, it's like the second that Rand is gone, Perrin decides, well, someone's got to back talk to Moraine yep. and decides to just keep going for it and he does not care. And Lan is like, dude, chill, chill. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you. It's kind of my job. Yep. But... Min's okay with it though. Min's like, yeah, somebody needs to talk to her. But then also Moraine tells Min to go to Tarvalin and Min's like, why don't I get a choice? And Loyal comes in with his quality Loyal thing and is like, I think she only asked me and Perrin if we wanted to go because she knew we would say yes because she has a read on us, but she doesn't have a read on you. Yeah. Which is accurate and also just seemed to calm Min down, which it is did. like, loyal for the win. Loyal is shaped like a friend. Loyal is shaped. Loyal can calm anybody down. He's just a big, friendly ogier. I want to give I want to give Loyal a hug. I do too. This is like a nice, nice ogier hug. It's not a bear hug. I would ogier not would be... fit my arms around him. No. And he would be okay with that. <laughs> He would commend you for the arms you do have. <laughs> he would. I really also hope that he would tell me that my voice is like to his ears or whatever he yeah. ends up saying. <laughs> That's some great, like, thank you for being you as a person lines from Loyal. But yeah, so Min is going to go to Tarvalin. She's very upset that Rand is gone. Very upset. Moraine's just like petting her head to like calm her down. <laughs> Which was weird. I don't know why that was thrown in there. It seemed out of place. A little bit. It seemed out of character for both of them. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Yup. It was a moment that I'm like, Robert Jordan, you're usually good at writing women. What's happening in this section? I mean, 
mean, Moraine and Min have a very unique relationship. I just, it doesn't, it seemed out of before. character for Min. It did. Min's kind of way out of her element. That's true. I just, it just felt, it felt out of character. And in a lot of ways, I think Moraine kind of acts like Min's, like, more than she does, more than she's mom for the others. She's like a, an actual almost mother figure for Min right now. Yeah. And we don't get a lot of that because we don't spend a lot of time yet in either of their heads. But yeah, we've gotten Min's, like one chapter each, respectively. Yeah, part of Min's backstory is that she was raised by aunts. Yeah, no, I just it just that section felt yeah. a little out of character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, Min, we're kind of rushing through this because there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the back half of this section as well. Min goes off to Tarvalin to give a message to the Amarillo. Not before having two of my favorite moments in the entire in the entire section. Yes. <laughs> as everyone's leaving the tent, Min stays behind and is and asks Lan if he has any messages he'd like her to deliver to Nynaeve. And he's just like, how does everyone know? No, I don't. If I have anything to say to her, I'll say it myself. And then like closes the door in her face, yeah. which is just like, that's the men I love. Yep. And then her and Perrin also have a moment. And I don't know, what, what did she say? Oh, when she was giving him the we new have, readings. We have new men. We have, we have four. New men readings. And we'll talk about those in a second. But she warns him that if he ever sees the most beautiful woman he's ever seen, that he should run. And he's like, why would I run from a beautiful woman? Yep. And she's like, can't you just take advice? And poor baby Perrin. <laughs> Maybe Rand really does know how to deal with women better. Because <laughs> baby, baby Perrin is just like, um, Min, I, I like you, but like, I don't know, like you, you, you sort of remind me of my sisters. And she's like, <laughs> you wool-headed idiot. <laughs> yup. I mean, she calls him literally what, a wood-headed lummox? Yeah, something. Wooden-headed lummox. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, why Perrin, you must know that I love you. She stood there watching his mouth work, then... <laughs> Spoke slowly and carefully, like a brother, you great wooden-headed lummox. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> she's she's, she's going to make him sweat. Yes, yeah, she is, and I love it so much. Yeah. So let's talk about the new Min viewings. There are four of them. Yes. There is... Well, yeah, four... Four or five, five depending, depending on how... depending on how we're counting. Right. So there is an Aiel Min in a cage, mm-hmm. a Tuathan with a sword, a female falcon and hawk on his shoulders, and... Those are the new ones. Those came in... Min said that those were the three that came right after he said he would go with Maureen, go after Rand. And then yeah. she started to go into that mixed with all the other stuff I usually see, like darkness swirling around you, and then he cuts her off. Yeah. Uh, the, mo- the most beautiful woman is also the result of a vision. Oh, I thought that was because, you know, she saw an evil beautiful... It's like, hey... Maybe don't interact with her again. <laughs> no, I thought it was the result of a vision. I don't think she necessarily saw him, but I mean, it's all in the same section, so it could very well be. Yeah. But also, Min has encountered the most beautiful woman she's ever seen, and then... Who is she, a little crazy. And then, you know, Lanfear. But also, like, why, what does Lanfear care about Perrin? But I think the point was, if they see Lanfear... Just run. Just run, because... It, she's it, one of the Forsaken. She's one of the Forsaken. And yeah. I think Min doesn't necessarily know she's a Forsaken, but she knows that... She's after Rand. Yeah. And is too beautiful to be trustworthy. Okay, sure. Which is fair. Which is, you know, why I didn't trust her this book. <laughs> no one is that pretty and trustworthy. That's very fair. Let's borrow a little bit from our recurring segment and talk about these since they came up in this section. Yes. Do you have any idea what any of these mean? Um, 
I mean... So let's, let's go one by one. I don't have any ideas about an Ioman in a cage other than borrow from the show. Okay, yeah, there was... we did see... In the show, we did see an Ioman in a cage. Yeah, a dead one, but yeah. We don't know that the live. She just says in a cage. That's could be true. Dead, could be alive. That's true. Um, Tuathan with a sword. Yeah, Tinker with a sword. I don't know what it's about. Okay. But maybe it's... Maybe it's traveling with them. Could be... Very I interesting. I armed. That's true. We don't know where He's really the only other, like, notable Tinker. Yeah. Or the only notable Tinker at the moment. And, like, they gave, he gave him a name, so I feel like he's come back at this point. <laughs> okay. That's know. a dangerous thing to think I wouldn't, in as, the I wouldn't, Wheel of Time. I don't necessarily think, like, I'm not going to make a prediction, like, ah, Aram's coming back. But, like, if he comes back, I won't be surprised. Okay. Uh, female falcon and hawk on his shoulders. Birds. Birds. <laughs> Just, that's, that's it? Just birds? That's my thought. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting that they're both female. Okay. And that she specifically mentions that in her vision. Okay. But, like, I don't know symbols. <laughs> you don't know what symbolism is. <laughs> I don't know how to decipher symbolism. Aspiring I... author Dallas McGee. <laughs> Listen, there's not a lot of symbolism in romance, which is why I read it. Okay. There's not, like, sometimes the curtain's just purple. Like, why does it, why, it, the character likes purple. Why does the purple curtain have to mean something? This is going back to an English thing. Sure. Yeah. I was reading it thing in high school. They were like, oh, well, what do you think the purple curtain means? I don't know. They like purple. Like, <laughs> okay. Me and symbolism don't get along. Fair. So they leave after, they leave to go find Rand. They being loyal Perrin, Moraine, and Lan. Uh, they assume he's going to tear. Everybody's been dreaming about swords, specifically Kalendor, the sword that is not a sword or the sword that cannot <laughs> be touched. Which is another men vision that I do definitely have. <laughs> yep. Confirmation. Sword that isn't a sword. Kalendor. Calendor. Calendor. That's what people call it. There's some confusion about how he would possibly get it because yeah. he's it's in the Stone of Tear, which is heavily guarded and channeling supposed to be outlawed. channeling is outlawed in Tear, and it's the stone is supposed to be an unassailable fortress. You cannot take the Stone of Tear. So the the question is, how does Rand get Kalandor before the stone it falls? And it's not supposed to fall until he takes the sword, or until and also until the people of the dragon are there. I don't know, but I know we will find out at some point in this book. Otherwise, <laughs> the cover designer would not have drawn Rand <laughs> reaching for Kalandor. Side note, on that cover, he cannot reach that sword unless he jumps. <laughs> his He couldn't, if he fully extended his arm, it wouldn't reach. Yeah, it wouldn't. He's, He's also wearing like a weird half cape thing, which is never described as yeah, him wearing. That's true. And it's white and blue and he doesn't wear those colors. No. Anyway, like cover Rand would have to do a little hop. He'd have to do a very <laughs> dignified small hop. <laughs> No, I'm just an egg show Rand, just like in his like super warm looking sweater. Just yep. like, oh, huh? <laughs> I'm interested to see how they're gonna do like the beginning of this book in has some potential for the show. It does. Like they could not change the beginning of this at all and it would be excellent TV. Yeah. There's like interpersonal drama, there's a great action scene, it sets stuff up really well. There's just sarcastic men. We forgot another like as they're after Min and Perrin have their moment that's not a moment, they do talk about Rand because Perrin finally puts things together. Oh, so it's Rand? Does he know? And she's like, Yes, I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I told 
told him, I'm supposed to fall in love with you, but I'm also supposed to share you. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that, but here it is. No, I didn't tell him, you wool-headed idiot. Yup. Which is great. I'm just yeah. loving the men this section. Yeah, men and Perrin have a fun friendship. They do. But then they leave. They go their separate ways. We don't hear from men again for the rest of the section. And the group of Rand hunters goes, and they follow him, and they eventually make their way to a town. Not and before they uh, catch some fish. They do catch some fish, and Moraine's weirdly good at it. And then just, like, lets out, like, a giggle of delight. Which yeah, was what like is happening with Moraine here? Is she losing her mind? Know. I did not sign up for giggling magic mom. <laughs> I did not either. But, yeah, she just, like, she just, like, catches a fish with her bare hands and then, like, giggles in delight. And I think she cheated. I think this is, like, some headcanon shit. I think she's laughing at the idea of Swan thinking about her catching fish. Fisher Lady Swan Sanjay. <laughs> her lesbian lover in the nighttime. Yep. Canon lesbian lover in the nighttime. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go I ahead and say it's absolutely is. canon because Brandon Sanderson signed off on the show episodes. He did. Mostly. And he did write three of the books and therefore his word can be canon. <laughs> <laughs> Very narrowly, but, but I'll take it. Yeah, so that's why I think she's giggling. I think she's giggling at the idea of swan watching her fish i love that and now it doesn't feel out of character (laughs) there's a lot of these people have rich inner lives (laughs) they do and especially like you know to bring up the show again like moraine and swan's scene like moraine was at ease and was like laughing and like yeah being not all stern magic mom right so yeah, yeah so there, there's some fish catching. Moraine's weirdly good at it. I and Perrin is annoyed with Moraine some more. Well, yeah. Moraine's not there. Now he's having He's a... designated two rivers Moraine annoyer. Yep, and he's he... now he's having sad boy hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Perrin has a lot of sad boy hours. Yeah. Everybody has a lot of sad boy hours. But he's taking on not his own sad boy hour, but he's taking on Rand's sad boy hour. That's true. He is interim dragon reborn sad boy. Yeah. Anyway, they eventually reach a town and something's up in this town because everybody's getting married. Yeah, I we did not get an answer. We sort of did indirect. Rand was there. Okay, but then why was a bunch why does Rand being there mean a bunch of people are getting married? Because he has main character disease. <laughs> so he just shows up and everyone's like I must be married now just Pretty so that much. he can play flute at a bunch of weddings? Pretty much. And earn a bunch of money so we can keep going. And also because, like, weird things happen around him. I don't want to know any Tiberian. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Loyal's I, right. I don't know why Loyal hasn't run screaming for the hills. That's He is a much better person than I. <laughs> yeah. Rand shows up and everybody decides now is the time to get married. Like, wedding after wedding after wedding. Like, they're tired of weddings. Yeah. They, but good for them because there's no one left to get married <laughs> until a bunch of people get a lot older. <laughs> yep. Anyone who was of marrying age is now married. Yep. Even people who were widowed. Yep. And swore they would never remarry. <laughs> Everyone's married. <laughs> yeah. No more weddings for this town. Nope. Yeah. It's... That is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor people. Oh. I thought that there was some other weird magic thing going on. No, it's just Rand's presence. He hasn't been that strongly to Viren yet. That's like... Hasn't he? Not like casually like that. Like, yeah, lightning bolt is pretty intense but mm. like i don't know that's controlling the people's feelings <laughs> yeah rand dude. is not a joke dude rand's mere presence warps reality dude yeah 
So Moraine pretty instantly knows that something that Rand's been he- here because of that. And, and Perrin's walking th- through like, hey, have you seen Rand? <laughs> God <laughs> Which, damn it, Perrin. Like, honestly, I was kind of with Perrin. I'm, I'm, I'd be annoyed with Moraine and I'd ask questions too. Like, yeah. Like he just wants, he wants Moraine to tell him things. Totally, totally fair. At some point he actually says like, can you actually just tell us things before explaining afterwards? Can you just like give us a heads up, please? Thanks. Right. <laughs> And she has a good point in response, which is, I don't have decades to teach you all of the things that lead to how I know things. Okay, but can you just skip just to the good part? Be, be a little bit more forthcoming with your information, Lorraine. Just, like, you, I don't need to know how you proved A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I just need you to tell me that that's what the equation is. Like, I don't yeah. need to know the whole, like, trigonomic proof. I just need to know what the equation is. Right. That's it. There are a couple of other things in this town. There is one very notable thing this time, which is only shit this section, because I didn't think we'd get the fight, and then also no. No. When they get into Jara, that's the town, they run into the innkeeper, Simeon. Yes. Who is a little weird around them. Perrin picks up on it especially, and at once night falls and they're settled in their room, Simeon comes to them and is like, hey, can the Aes Sedai look at my nephew? Brother. Brother? I thought it was nephew. I get, I get him and Owen confused a little bit. Can the Aes Sedai come and look at my brother? And they he takes them <laughs> this to... This is, well, actually, Perrin asks him if he's seen Rand, and that's what sparks him to be like, oh, by the way, after I've, you know, I've given you this information, can can your friend look at my brother now? Yeah. Uh, so he takes him to, like, this, like, back room, and there's a man in a cage. Notably... Only... Maureen is going to go and she's going to bring Perrin with her and Lan wants to go too. And no, you stay. Perrin will offer any protection that I need, which felt weird until I turned the page. Yeah. (laughs) And then realized why. Because Maureen needed Perrin to see this. Yeah. So Gnome, the brother of... Simeon is in a cage, and he's in a cage for a good reason. He's rabid. He's not, I guess, not necessarily rabid. He's he's a wolf in captivity. Right. He is a wolf in human form. Now, he's got the same eyes that Perrin does, but he's sitting in a cage, like, gnawing on a bone. Yeah. And Simeon's like, this started a couple years ago. We thought it was just him being weird, talking about stuff. And then over the past year, he just got worse and worse until he, like, attacked some. Yeah. And they have a conversation, and Moraine goes in and does something with the power that Perrin doesn't understand because Perrin can't channel. And she basically decides that she can't do anything. She doesn't know if anything could have ever been done for him. Yeah. And then she leaves. And it's just Simeon and No and Perrin. And Simeon is talking to Perrin about, like, he knows what Perrin is because his brother. Well, this is after. So Perrin is talking to him and convinces Simeon to let his brother go. Right. Because he's a wolf and he's nothing is going to make him better from what he is. He's, and go- he's going to die. He might as well die happy. Like he's going to die. He's either going to die here or out in the wild. It's not a certainty that he's going to die soon. It, he's going to die as any normal wolf would die. Let right. him go be a wolf. Right. And so they let him go. And then him and Simeon are talking. And Simeon does know what Perrin is. Yeah. And he knows that the White Cloaks are after him because they talk about the White Cloaks coming to town, which we'll talk about in a second. And the White Cloaks are looking for a Perrin Ibera. Yep. And as a dark friend. And Perrin's like, you think Perrin is a dark friend? <laughs> which I had to like flip back and be like, okay, Perrin did not introduce himself yet. <laughs> yeah. And Simeon just goes, 
I don't think you're a dark friend. No dark friend would have cared. Right. If my brother died in a cage. Right. Yeah. And uh, this is a very, like, foundational event for Perrin. Yeah. We have we end his sequence with him in a dream after this, so we don't get too much of, like, the aftermath of him meeting Gnome and mm-hmm. seeing a possible future for himself. But it's very clearly something that affects Perrin very deep. Yeah. And... He thinks about... Um, Elias. Elias afterwards yeah. and wonders, like, Elias said he's been with the wolves 10 years or so. Like, right. Why did he not... What happened? happened with Gnome and what happened with Elias. Yeah. And like, how can I more like Elias instead of going to Gnome? Right. It just kind of reinforces what he was starting, already starting to feel, which is like, he doesn't want to lose himself to the wolf. Yeah. And we're gonna see this event come up multiple times. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Like, I think this is one of those moments that like, it would have an effect on. And it's also one of the bits where his parents' sort of internal narration is the clearest. Yeah. Because he knows what he wants and does not want. No. No, it's not. No. You mentioned the White Cloaks, and there is a little bit of White Cloak stuff, which is... The White Cloaks just go insane is basically <laughs> what my thing is. Two of them up and def- defect. Yeah. They just drop their cloaks and run. Yep. Another one is like, like a couple others try to set fire to the town, and so they have to be like caged by other white cloaks like yep. they just go insane is that also main character disease that's also main character disease what the fuck rand yup this is i'm not crazy this is the worst his main character's ever been so here's an interesting question was that rand or was that perrin perrin is also taviran and but he wasn't at the town when any of this happened that doesn't matter that could have been what needed to happen for perrin for perrin's own path through the pattern that could have been what needed to happen. Rand was... The pattern kind of contorted itself around Rand being conceived in a specific place and then born in a specific place and picked up by a specific person. This could be Perrin. This is wild. Yeah. Main character disease is some real shit. Also, just brilliant answering to random questions of things plot-wise you need to happen. When yeah. you're just like sitting there like, ah, oh, I really want this thing to happen, but why well, would it happen? It's so, it's so good how like... It's like 18 million times better than Speed Force. Oh, yeah. Well, Speed Force was a notoriously, like, rushed answer, but, like, it's also really good, I think, because, like, your reaction to a bunch of weddings, like, I don't want to be around Tavirin, is what he was, what Robert Jordan was going for. Like, being the main character is bad. I also think that some of his just random Tavirin, sometimes Tavirin is literally just, I don't, I can't think of a reason for this thing to happen. Oh, (laughs) Tavirin! But in this, he's using that as a way for people to know where they are. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, a main character was here. Right. And it's not just... It not, it's not something that just happens to the main character. It's something that the rest of the world experiences, and people who know to look for it can look for it. And I do just at least love, like, every time something happens, Loyal is just like, Tavirin. Mm-hmm. And I can just hear him just be like, why are you surprised? Tavirin. Yep. Tavirin. Tavirin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's one last Perrin thing before we get to... We're gonna, let's do the Egwene stuff after or after Perrin, and then we'll get to the Rand stuff. Yeah, because it's just like a weird paragraph, and I don't yeah. understand what was happening. Perrin has a dream. It does, and Hopper is there. Hopper is there. Hopper. Rip Hopper. kind of glad to see him again. Yeah, even in a dream. But Moraine is weird about the dream. Yes. And also, he cause... wakes up with, like, so he sees a man get killed, and then he wakes up with that man's blood on his face. A man in bright yellow, which 
so we've enc- in his dreams, he has now encountered a man in all black, mm-hmm. a, a man dressed fancy in all black, and yeah. now he's encountered a man dressed fancy all in bright yellow. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a Power Ranger situation? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that, or... Like, are the Forsaken color-coded? Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. <laughs> are the Forsaken color-coded just like the Ajas are? No. Or... And the books are mu- the books have much less Aja color-coding. Except that they're all wearing... Only when they're around other Aes Sedai. Varen it's... is described as always wearing brown. Okay, that's an easy color to wear a lot of. That's fair, but... <laughs> Moraine frequently doesn't wear blue. Oh, I have to always wear blue. No, he wears like cream and green. Sometimes... Uh, Every outfit I've read of hers has been blue. It's kind of a plot point later that it's kind of tacky. It's seen as kind of tacky for the Ajas to wear their colors or wear like outfits made mostly out of their color. Anyway, Um, the Forsaken are not color coded. I just thought it was weird that like bright yellow is. I also am kind of wondering if the man is the same man from Dreams. The yellow man and the black man. Because Lanfear shows up twice, too. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if it's the same person. Okay. I can't say anything. I, I don't know who the man in yellow is, actually. I could say that. I, I think I know who the man in black is, but that's only because show spoiled for Also, me. the summary last time said it was Balsam. Yeah. Anyway, there's... A bunch of shit happens, and he's, like, blinking around this dream, and Hopper keeps telling him to run. Hopper's, like, following him around every time he blinks. And then, like, yeah, the bright the man in bright yellow is killed, and, and he has blood on his face, and then he wakes up, and yeah. there's Well, he wakes up because Hopper attacks him. Because he's like, dude. <laughs> Wake the fuck up. Because wolves live partly in the world of dreams, according to Maureen. Yep. And apparently some Aes Sedai dreamers, which we haven't really been introduced to yet. Except there's a mention that we think of it. Egwene is one. Yeah, there's a mention of it in the second book. Anaya thinks that Egwene is a dreamer. Dreamers report seeing wolves in dreams. That's it. There's some dreamy shit going on. And not just in Land's eyes. <laughs> Let's switch gears and talk to the other person who deals with dreams, Egwene. Egwene's on the way back to Tarvalin. She's got Matt in a litter. Yep, and she is um, having a time after being collared. She has been hit with the PTSD stick. Yes, she has. Uh, it, It was not her time yet but she was hit anyway. It's everybody's time eventually in the Wheel of Time. Egwene got Egwene got hit with the PTSD stick. Pretty hard. Yeah. Because she like spends like half the time on the way to Tarval. They're like almost there. They can see the tower. No, she was... They haven't been able to see it yet. They're close enough that she it's, could see Dragon Mount, uh, but okay. she couldn't actually see the tower yet. I thought they could see the tower when the White Cloaks confront them. There was a... At the beginning when she said she was like standing in her saddle and she couldn't quite see the tower yet. Okay. But then her and Nynaeve have a conversation that worrying about Perrin and Ran. Matt's unconscious. Matt's not doing so hot. But he doesn't have to... He just has to not be literally cold until he gets to the tower. Herein is very wary of the woman, of the women. Well, yeah. All of them. They can all channel. Yeah, they can all channel, and he is not about it, so he's just hanging out with Matt, but now Matt's unconscious, so... <laughs> uh, but he does smell something. Also, something that got brought up in the... Matt is older than Egwene by a few years. Yeah, all the two rivers boys are. I didn't... I thought Egwene was the same age as them. No. So, like... I think she is in the show. Yeah, I think... Although I think Perrin might be the oldest in the show, because he's, like, actually married, married. Yeah, but, Or was like, married. Was... <laughs> We're not gonna talk about it. But yeah, no, Matt's Matt's older by a few years. Egwene's the youngest. Okay. Turns I just out missed that part, I guess. Yeah. Turns out what Huron was smelling was white cloaks and they smell bad. Do. Because big surprise, white cloaks are stinky. Uh not as stinky as Pad and Fane, but no one can be ever. But the white cloaks kind of ride up and they're like, Hey, who are you? And Varen's like, I'm an eyes to die. And they're like, We're gonna take you in for questioning. And, and finally Egwene's just like done with this. And it causes an explosion. 
Yeah. And they run off, and Varen's like, what the fuck did you do, you stupid little girl? You you just used it as a weapon. She's like, technically, I didn't hurt them, and also they were going to kidnap us. And I haven't sworn the three oaths yet, so <laughs> she has like, and Varen's like, don't talk about loopholes with me. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about loopholes. And, but one of the guys stays behind, and Egwene uh, is dumb yeah. again, and mentions Falma, and then we find out that the white cloak that was Behind, that stayed behind is Dane Bornhold. Yep, son of Jeffrey Bornhold, the one decent white cloak who got killed at Falma by yeah. the Shanchan. But Dane thinks that it was the fault of Aes Sedai because the person who told the white cloaks about Falma was Bayar, who was like, the witches did it. I mean, to be Burn fair, the witches. To be fair, we say that the Shanchan killed Bornhold. It is quite possible that a witch, one of the witches, air quotes around that is the one who killed Bornhold because the Shan Chan have witches. Yeah, but they're literally slaves. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah. technically, both things can be true. That's because true. Because the Shan Chan are the one who controls their chained channelers. That is and so, very true. While a channeler could have been the one to kill a bunch of white cloaks, if they were controlled by the Shan Chan, it's also kind of the Shan Chan. It's really the Shan Chan that killed them, but yeah. using the power of an Aes Sedai and Bayar's dumb, so he's not going to understand the difference. Yeah. No one's going to understand the difference because they don't understand what the collared women are. Very true. All they see is lightning and right. magic they and think Aes Sedai. They see the one power. So, yeah, there's that. Um, there's rumors of uh, Morghese kind of distancing herself from Tarvalin. Yeah, because Elaine comes yeah. in and is like, my mom is the queen. The Tain's like, ha. Ah. If even if I did believe you, Morghese doesn't like the tower anymore. And then she's like, "That's not true." But like gone for a couple months. So. Yeah. And also at this point, how perceptive is Elaine? <laughs> I don't know. It did kind of like a that was a very Malfoy. My father will hear about this <laughs> <Yeah>. moment. <laughs> don't you know who my mother is? <laughs> don't you know who my mother is? No, you're a random girl. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Egwene does. Uh, we get a nice little moment of Egwene thinking about Galad again. We do. We do indeed. So there's one last thing to talk about. That is, what's Rand up to? Okay, so here's how I interpreted this scene. Rand was leaning against a tree. There was a dog and he threw something at it. Yep. And then the dog ran away. Mm, and The dog did not run away. Oh, it like, one just like vanished and then the rest ran away. And so I'm like, why is he hurting dogs? But then I l- read the summary today. We learn a lot more about both of the important things here, which are not neither of which are named. Nope, because I just thought random dogs attacking Rand. Rand does like something with the one light. something with the one power and dog disappears. Yep, that's about all you should get out of that. The dogs are creepy and being sent by someone. That I was just like, oh, dog? Hey. He's being hunted. Yeah. Um, and Rand's not quite doing so hot in the head at the moment. No, he's also not doing so hot in the I was stabbed in the stomach two months ago area either. Yeah. Because that wound was opened. I don't know if we discussed. His wound opened during the uh, big fight scene because he doesn't he sets a few trees on fire and starts bleeding. And that's all his contributions are. Yeah. Because he's like, Maureen sees that he's bleeding and he's like, I didn't get, I didn't get hurt. It just is the old wound reopened. And she's like, be full. So he's not doing so hot all no. around. He's going a little crazy. A little bit. I, I, I thought he would wait a while to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because it's only book three. There are a couple things that happen in this book that may kind of raise your eyebrows at Rand. Not it. And then, so I'm just like, I don't want to not like Rand. Yeah. More than I already kind of don't like. He's a much more interesting character when viewed through other people's 
points of view. Yeah, it's really just you in like being Rand's, in Rand's head. I don't like being in Rand's head. Yeah. His narration annoys me for long periods of time. That's fair. Unless he is with Lanfear. <laughs> Thinking about how pretty she is. <laughs> Thinking about how pretty she is. How smooth is. her skin is. When Rand just gets to be a normal teenage boy. Yeah. Great. When Rand has to be the dragon and I'm like, okay, can I be in someone else's head, please? Yeah, that's fair. He's not doing so hot. It doesn't get better. There's going to be some stuff. Yes. He's not having sad boy hours, though. Now he's just having crazy boy hours. Yeah, which is arguably worse. I'd rather have a sad boy than a crazy boy. He's not listening to Death Cab for Cutie right now. No, or maybe he's listening to too much. (laughs) That is a... But his genre has changed from rich, sad kid to why are you here? Now it's like... I I don't even know what the genre would be. I don't even know what the genre is. We'll think about that. Maybe we'll we'll do that next time. Yeah, next time we'll just... (laughs) Is one of our recurring segments going to be like, what musical (laughs) artist describes Rand's mental state right now? (laughs) Eventually. It's all just going to be like Slipknot. (laughs) That's it for... 11 more books. Slipknot describes Young Bull. It does. <laughs> it does. A little bit. Maybe Metallica. Maybe Metallica. It's a bit more tame than yeah, Rand. Yeah, it's a little bit more tame. And Metallica's just like a little bit more nuanced and musically, I don't know, more pleased. I'm scared. Okay. I have listened to a significant amount of either. I, just for reference, I don't like Scream at all. It, it unsettles me. I have a delicate constitution <laughs> and I don't <laughs> like my music screaming at me. Very, very fair. So I think that was everything. There's a lot of stuff in this section. Yeah. I think so we that probably was about missed something, but everything. it'll come back up later. Oh, we got a random mention that Hawkwing was Tamirin. I don't know yep. if we covered that before. We've talked about that before. He is here. He was Tamirin. He's he was supposedly the strongest Tamirin on record now until Rand. Until Rand. Uh, and Rand eclipses him. Yes. And also, Perrin and Matt are probably just about as strong as Hawking, Hawkwing, or stronger. So they have, like, advanced main character disease. Now, Hawkwing was supposedly so strongly Tavirin that you could feel the pattern warping around you if he decided he wanted something. Rand just walks through a village and everybody Everyone gets, gets married. married. <laughs> Although, I mean, thinking about it, if something was going to happen, at least that's pretty... T- it's about, it's happy. Everyone getting married. It's love and joy. Yikes. It's not the worst thing that could happen. No. No, it isn't. I'm just going to say that one of the themes of the Wheel of Time is balance. So something has got to <laughs> balance the fact that a bunch of people got happy and married. Yeah. And so the next town he goes to, everyone's probably gonna die i actually don't know what happens in the next town but it's not always good i mean your reaction was like i don't want to be around tabirin no and that's for good reason so i don't want to be in the wheel of time world at all no like on i i keep seeing this like trend going around on like all the book social media about like how long would you last in these fictional worlds take me out early in wheel of time <laughs> i don't want to last very long in this world you could be, live in the white tower be an i said i no i don't want to go through the the, the the angry all thing and have to that's fair watch my life be married to land and then have to walk away from it i don't want that that's fair yeah let's do some recurring segments we borrowed from recurring segments when we did the auras we did so we can just summarize that's usually we end up when they when come there's up, new ones when there's new ones we discuss them when they come up and then we summarize at the end rand obviously a sword that isn't a sword calendar i think yeah. i can officially just cross that one off my list i have figured that one out there's a whole other extra prophecy about him taking it too right so that one's pretty safely figured out rand sword with a yeah it's kind of 
of like confirmation of Min's powers, though. Yeah. Like, other people have predicted this, and she's also predicting it. And then Perrin's Aielman in a cage, Tinker with a sword, female falcon and hawk on his shoulders, darkness swirling around him, and and then nothing. There was an and. So there's more. We just don't know what it is, because Perrin doesn't want to know. Yep. Ship updates. Minor, minor ones. I mean, not really updates. Just I mean, mentions. Just mentions. Correspondences. Friend, friend ship update. Yeah. I love Perrin and Min's friendship. Okay. Great. Cool. Love it. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good friendship. Good friendship. Also, Loyal continues to be shaped like a friend. Yes. Favorite moments. Well, first, what is your favorite? Perrin just murderizing the murderal. <laughs> murderizing. Murderal. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. He fucks it up, though. He does. Very efficiently and does not get wounded at all, uh, which is a hell of a feat for somebody who, I don't know, seven months ago wasn't fighting at all. And that's seven months ago if he hadn't skipped ahead four months. No, that's saying that's like seven months of his time. If he, skipping ahead four months is like a year and a half, I think. No, I think it's only been seven months total. Total, well, maybe. maybe a year because it's maybe starting it hasn't to be been a year. Because they if whole they haven't series mentioned takes place over two or three. That's what I'm saying. There's no way that we're that far ahead if we're only in book three, and they haven't mentioned Winter Night yet. They have not mentioned. And it's true. I feel like there would be a mention of like this is where I was a year ago. That's true. No, but yeah, that, that's mine. What is your favorite? I have two. They are both Min. Okay, Min seems to quickly become. A favorite. She's just funny. Yeah. And she can, she's just like the all-wise knowing. She's kind of like the fantasy straight man, except she's quippy. Yeah, I just, I, but I loved her asking Lan if he has a message for Nynaeve, and I, I just love Lan's reaction of like, how does everyone know? <laughs> You're not that subtle. No. And then Min parents awkward. Okay, both great moments. Both for great sure. moments. So... Next episode, chapters 11 through 17. Yep. Let's see if they are as action-packed as this section was. I just It's a short book, so it might be. It might be. I I hope they, at I, least, the next chapter is entitled Tarvalin, so. I think we get some, some magic school stuff. I think we get some magic school stuff. I'm really hoping that Matt at least wakes up. That'd be nice. Ooh, let me look at chapter titles. I think, I think something happens in this section that is going to be really fun. Okay, that's a picture of Vagina Island. That's called Punishments. So fun. If we're doing predictions, I'm going to go ahead and guess that uh, Punishments has to do with something because the girls left. Maybe. Even though they didn't, we have permission from the Amarillin Seat. Uh, That is Chapter 12. Chapter 12 is the Amarillin Seat. Chapter 13 is Punishments. Chapter 14 is The Bite of the Thorns. That doesn't sound good. Then there's The Gray Man, The Red Sister. Frickin' what's-her-face, Leandrin, probably. Um, no. The thing that I thought happened next section does not happen next section. Uh. It will be the one after that, and you will love it. Okay. Is it? It is not Laniv. Damn. It is quite good, though. Okay. So, yeah, this was episode two, chapters five to ten. Next episode, two weeks from now, chapters 11 through 17. Bye. Bye.